Hey, I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. This is Hawk Talk 44 with Bill Corey, Regional Vice President of Sales with Flexential. And we're talking about the data center industry next. Hey, I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. Focus on cloud, location, data center industry trends, the dynamic market. I'm David Liggett with Data Center Hawk. This is Hawk Talk 44. And I am joined by Bill Corey, Regional Vice President of Sales with Flexential. Bill, welcome to Hawk Talk. We're glad you're here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. Uh, you have been in the data center industry you know, a long time and have a, a deep tenure in the market. And we're going to talk today about the uh, Portland data center market, specifically in Hillsborough, which uh, you call that area home. So I'm excited to get to hear from your perspective how you've seen that market grow and some of the uh, changes that you've seen in data center users over the past several years. Uh, it's certainly a market that at Data Center Hawk we're paying a lot of attention to. Uh, but before we start, uh, tell everyone that's watching about um, you know your role at Flexential and then how you ended up in your role at Flexential. What was your path to uh, getting there? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I've been in the telecom industry prior to data centers for about 17 years. And um, Started in the Bay Area, was working for a pretty large company down there, Pacific Bell, before it was sw swallowed up again and kind of pulled back into what is now AT&T. And I left uh, Pacific Bell to come to Oregon in 2000 for a startup telecom job, which felt like a better fit for me. Smaller company, uh, more exciting kind of you know environment where everything you do every day has a little bit more meaning than when you're one of so many people at a large, large company. So um, after probably 15 or so years of working in the smaller competitive telecom space, I was a little restless. I was getting a little bit tired and needed something new to do. And I'd actually partnered with this company, ViaWest Data Centers, and we worked in, in um, conjunction with them to help co-location needs for our telecom customers. So I was actually going to reach out to the, to the folks at ViaWest to see if they had any positions that would be a good fit for me. And as it turns out, before I picked up the phone and made that phone call, my predecessor, who was the ViaWest RVP, called me and he said, hey, I took a new job at a different place. You should interview for my old job. And so I guess it was sort of meant to be that uh, they gave me the call. And so it was about five years ago, actually five years ago next week that I took the role with what was then ViaWest and is now Flexential after uh, an acquisition about three years ago. And so I've been there for the last five years running the Pacific region which is everything from Canada down to Arizona um, for the enterprise business segment within Flexential. Sure. Well, then you've been busy because there's a lot that goes on uh, in that sector of certainly the U.S. and up, uh, in that part of Canada as well. Uh, you yeah. know, talk about uh, the Portland data center market. It's it's one of the things that we're doing here at Data Center Hawk in these uh, latest Hawk Talk discussions where we're focusing specifically on one market at a time. And uh, as you mentioned, you in your role, you, you're serving a number of different markets. Flexential has data centers all across the U.S. Uh, but uh, I wanted to focus on Portland and the Hillsborough area because it is something at Data Center Hawk that's caught our eye and it's certainly caught data center users' um, eye and infrastructure requirements over the last several, you know, several years and even, even before that. So let's just start off maybe on just the characteristics of this data center market. You know, why do data center users find this area an attractive place for their IT infrastructure? Yeah, for sure. 
the the last few years, you're right. I mean, it's really been explosive growth. And I think like like most cities around the country, um, the Portland area was very much a small co-location market that catered to the needs of the local business community for years. And you didn't see a lot of capacity there. It was all you know, the, the bigger local companies that needed to get out of their own data centers would, would utilize what was available in Portland Hillsborough market. And that was enough capacity for probably 20 years or almost 20 years. But what started to happen, um, I think with the, the, you know, the advent of um, the software as a service business continuing to grow and, and Portland's proximity to the Bay Area and Seattle is um, undeniably a big part of what has made it so attractive. So there's probably six or seven things in the market that have changed as well as, um, you know, sort of uh, Portland specific or Oregon specific char- uh, characteristics that really are attractive to these larger deployments that are now, um, you know, imported into Oregon from other places, which just didn't exist before. Probably, probably number one, um, data centers have, have been attracted. Well, let's back up one step, right? Data centers are attracted to markets where they know that there are customers who want to go there. A data center is not going to build in a place where there's no customer demand. So why is there demand and why do data centers choose Portland is probably, uh, you know, intertwined. And, and, the, and the answer to that question is probably five or six things. So you look at the cost of real estate um, in Oregon is generally speaking a lot lower than what you would find in say the Bay Area or in the Seattle market. Um, you've also got really low cost of power in Oregon. So that's just a very attractive thing to be able to offer to your clientele, right? When so much of the the cost of a deployment is power related. There's been really good um, supportive government uh, interaction with the data center industry, both the local government in Hillsborough specifically and at the state level with Business Oregon. They do a lot to help promote Hillsborough as as a destination market for data centers. And they've come up with some really interesting incentives both for the data center operators and for the customers who move into those data centers. Um, you know, when you consider other things that the the buyer, the, not, not the data center operator, right, but the buyer themselves are looking for, Oregon has no sales tax. And when you consider a large deployment, if you're, say, a SaaS company and you're putting in uh, 150, 200, 300 racks and you're investing millions of dollars in hardware, you, you just don't pay sales tax in Oregon. And so... When you, co- when, you, when you combine the proximity to Seattle or the Bay Area, it's a far enough away location to be a good DR site. There's no sales tax. There's, no, there's much lower power pricing. Um, there's a, the advent uh, in the last few years of some really good subsea cable connectivity. There are just a, a number of factors that have all come together in the last four or five years that have really made it an attractive spot. Yeah, it's, you know, it is interesting when you, when you think of how those different characteristics have blended together um, you know, how that has increased a number of things in the market. I know, you know, uh, I was there several months ago and it was interesting to see um, some of the upcoming projects that are planned just across the market as a whole. You know, Data Center Hawk, we're, we're number, numbers geeks as it relates to market size and vacancy rates and all that stuff. You know, and so, you know, we track the the Portland market or specifically around Hillsborough at around 63 megawatts of commission power that have been built today. But one of the interesting things is that we have, uh, you know, over 240 megawatts that are planned in the future. Uh, And so what that really shows is that um, the data center operator community is very bullish on what they believe uh, the demand will be both in companies that are, as you mentioned, on that West Coast that have regional 
uh, requirements that need to be in a specific area. And so Portland and Hillsboro makes sense. Or, you know, large cloud users that value the things that you just mentioned, you know, the, the low power costs, the uh, the tax incentive uh, opportunities that are there. I mean, all these things, the, the, uh, the low uh, natural disaster risk. I mean, there's there's a number of things that are making that up. Talk about the, the industry verticals for a second. You know, a company like Flex Central has thousands of customers. So, you know, financial firms, healthcare firms, technology firms. What type of growth do you see around industry verticals in a market like Portland and Hillsboro? Yeah, it, you know, it's an interesting question because I get asked that a lot, and I and I think about what is the right you know the right approach, and and it's we we see we see across the board. Honestly, we see interest from all different types of industries, but. The number one largest would be what I would consider um, software as a service, whether you call it cloud or not. Yeah. It is there is a software company who's who's deployed their cloud in a Hillsborough data center. We see that time and time again. And um, again, it depends on the industry, right? As to which of the different uh, factors that make Hillsborough attractive really apply to a particular industry. For example, software as a service. To your point, large deployments, big consumers of power. So the lower cost of power, the the tax incentives and the, the lack of sales tax, those are really appealing. But also Hillsborough's the closest sort of retail co-location, wholesale co-location market to most of the hyperscale deployments in the Northwest, right? So if you have a need as a software as a service provider to have low latency connectivity to AWS or to Azure, Hillsborough is the closest jumping off point. And so, you know, some people, that's a really important part of their decision-making process. On the other hand, we have some financial services companies from the East Coast, and they've chosen to do business in Hillsboro because of the subsea cable connectivity and their business need really tied to trans-Pacific connectivity. And this is the easiest, best place for them to deploy. And they still take advantage of low taxes or other things. And so, yeah. so, so within in- industry verticals, you see different reasons, but because I'm, I'm biased, of course, but because Hillsboro has so many different reasons that it's an attractive market, it really depends on each vertical as to which of those, say, five or six things really are appealing to them. Yeah, dig in, dig in for a minute into the subsea cable discussion and maybe explain for what people that are watching that, that don't know about subsea connectivity and, and why that's important. Obviously, uh, Hillsboro and Portland is on the West Coast, so there's there's different options to, um, you know, Asia Pacific and in different areas there from a, a connectivity standpoint that make that interesting, but just kind of give a high level view of that and why that has become so important, uh, not only in Hillsboro, but also in the industry today. For, yeah, for sure. Um, so a couple things just to keep in mind, like the amount of capacity required for the, um, the, the volume of data that exists today and that it's moving around the internet today is, is sort of mind blowing. And even though I'm in the industry, I hear these stats once in a while that just, just absolutely um, blow me away. And so one, I was at, I was at a conference last year in Singapore and um, there's a gentleman from Facebook talking about a subsea cable that they had just participated in building between the East coast of the U S and Europe. And he shared two stats that were really, really amazing. One, it took them two years to build the cable, but in 18 months after it was done, they had exhausted the capacity of the cable they had just built. Wow. Uh, the, other, the other stat he shared that Facebook alone across their four major platforms has more than 3 billion photos a day uploaded. 
And so, so you, you start thinking about the numbers and the amount of data that's trying to move. And what's happened is the original subsea capacity that was built years and years ago has just absolutely been, um, been surpassed in terms of volume that people are creating today. So you have the new need for new capacity and so where do you build new capacity? Well, in a lot of cases, you try to build it where you don't have existing capacity because you're adding redundant routes. And that's the name of the game and really the fiber and telecom business is building redundant routes for added resiliency, but also just added capacity. So Oregon has become a destination for that because it, it is unique to Southern California where a lot of subsea cables come in from Trans-Pacific and there's some that go into the, the Seattle market. But Oregon has become a new, a new diverse point of access, but also... As it turns out, its, it's coastline is really a, a good place to build on, and it's easier to build there. So, so you have these cables coming in, and, and it's adding a new point of presence, adding additional resiliency to the West Coast connectivity to the rest of the world. And as soon as a new cable gets built, another one gets funded because there's just so much volume being created right now. Yeah, and this is it, all, you know, in the, the commentary you're, you're basing uh, or you're communicating on is all kind of pre-COVID-19, you know, pandemic. And so now you would think there's probably even more of a drive for connectivity, bandwidth increases, um, you know, how many billions of photos now are getting put onto Facebook. uh, Those type of things are are only increasing, um, you know, and we are in a very unique time in the industry today and in the world today globally with the, the pandemic challenge that we're experiencing. Obviously, you're in your home. I'm in mine uh, from a, from a, uh, you know, communication standpoint, but, you know, talk about how, uh, that you believe that that will impact the industry. Um, you know, obviously we're in the beginning phases of this, this challenge and, and, you know, it will be here for a while, but we are starting to see some, uh, I hope some good signs in, in multiple areas, but what do you think the impact of COVID-19 will be on the data center industry, you know, maybe both regionally or along the West Coast, U.S., and, and as a whole? Yeah, well, um, first of all, yeah, coming at you live from my home office bedroom um, with my my 40 days worth of no shaving. That's so great. not an ideal time to be doing a video discussion with somebody, <laughs> but happy to do it nonetheless. Um and kind of finishing up on the prior point, too, you made about COVID-19 and, and the, the subsea cables and the overall volume of traffic increasing even before COVID-19. Here we are on a video chat. I don't know about you, but I spend about seven hours a day doing this now. And uh, I did not do it, but maybe one hour a day before, right? So I think a lot of those changes may be here to stay. I don't know that we're going to go back to the same... Uh, way of doing things, or at least we're more comfortable now communicating this way. And I think you'll probably see a lot of people working more remotely. And so how does that, you know, what, what does that impact look like for the data center industry? Man, I, my crystal ball is never perfect. And it's a little foggier right now than it's ever been. But um, I'll tell you that I think at least certain theories, and, and, and I share some of these beliefs that I believe there will be companies that won't necessarily want to keep the same amount of real estate they've had in the past. Yeah. And they'll have people working from home more. And so what does that mean? Well, there are going to be more, more demands on the internet. But what does it mean in particular to, say, their IT organization and what their IT organization responsibilities are going to be? When you've got shelter-in-place orders, it becomes a lot more difficult with your own internal limited IT staff to maintain your own infrastructure if it's in your own office space, in your own real estate. 
So we've actually had a few inquiries already from companies who have said, we've decided we don't need our office anymore, or we're going to shrink the footprint of our office, and we want to get the data center out. And so I think there's going to be at least some level of spike as companies determine this is probably the the key event, at least in their own process, to determine it's now time to move that data center out. Whether it goes to co-location or it goes to some sort of cloud environment, I think this will actually push more people off-prem. The, the movement was certainly underway now for years, right? But this could accelerate it even more as people decide it's time to get out and, and, and turn over the management and the maintenance of that to organizations that are staffed to do that. Uh, you know, when you think of Hillsborough in the next one year, three years, five years, you know, describe what you think the market will, will be like. Describe what you think are the biggest maybe, um, you know, uh, KPIs for, for a market like uh, Hillsborough, which from my perspective is, uh, you know, smaller than most like major data center markets that are out there. When you think of like Northern Virginia, you know, being over a thousand megawatts of commission power, um, you know, Phoenix is kind of up and coming among big cloud deployments. You know, Chicago and Dallas have been more enterprise driven. Um, you know, Atlanta continues to grow from a retail and some larger wholesale deals. Um, and then you've got Hillsborough, which again is just a very interesting, uh, attractive place for both regional deployments that want to, you know, uh, get out of higher expensive markets on the on the West Coast, uh, but then also very large, uh, scalable requirements that will grow not just you know this year but years from now. Talk to us about like, I mean, what do you think it will look like in you know three to five years in in Hillsborough? Um, yeah, so. It's funny because so what did it look like five years ago? Not like it looks today. So what's it going to look like in five more years? Man, I don't know. But um, the the biggest change of late has been the increase in what I would consider hyperscale sized data centers. Um, for years, it was more of a retail, small wholesale um, type of market. Small wholesale meaning you might find a few one to four megawatt type of deployments, but there was nothing really, really large. And there were no facilities that could, could handle it either. So now you've got these new, much larger facilities. I mean, heck, there are individual facilities planned or underway that are bigger than the entire capacity that Hillsborough ever had for the last 20 years, yeah. right? So um, it's really, I'd say, it's really going to be a market that is appealing more to large, more hyperscale cloud type deployments. Um, we as an organization, we have our foot in both camps and we, and we will continue to do that. Um, we will break ground later this year on our, our newest data center. It'll be the biggest one we have, but it'll be 36 megawatts, right? So you've got people building 100, 100 plus. 36 is big for us. That's twice as big as our, um, as our biggest facility today. And it will be one that, again, caters to that retail uh, customer who's looking for lower cost of ownership compared to other cities on the West Coast um, and small wholesale, you know, up to maybe five megawatts or so. Um, but I, I think with all the capacity being built, the, the number of companies that are going to be looking and intending to buy in Hillsborough will be significant. And uh, it's, it's going to be an interesting next three to five years to see how things evolve. Yeah. And it's fascinating. I mean, for those that haven't been able to to go to Hillsborough or see the growth that's there. I mean, it's, it is poised to grow significantly over the next, you know, several years. And there's already been, you know, in the last 
12 to 24 months, there's been significant growth there. So I know we're excited to see it grow. Let's just end on this, Bill. Talk about just why you're excited to be in the data center industry. I mean, you mentioned coming from the telecom space and obviously you're now in this world uh, deep and have been here for a long time. Uh, but talk about, you know, why you're excited to be uh, in the space, you know, moving forward. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm a bit of a tech geek. I always have been. And when you're in the data center space, you get an opportunity to talk to a lot of tech companies and that alone. And other, and other tech geeks. Yeah, and other tech geeks, right. So we can geek out together, which is uh, just absolutely perfect. Um, so just being in and around technology, I've always enjoyed that. Um, but I think more specifically, a lot of those technology companies are driving innovation and driving really the economy in the country today. And so you, can't, you get to be on the forefront of some of the things that are really shaping the world that we live in today. And just being in conversations with those companies and try to help them solve the problems that they're looking to solve as they grow and as they evolve is fun for me. And, I, and you know, being in data centers, I have not um, completely left my telecom roots either. I get the opportunity to continue to be involved in the, the world of telecom because connectivity is such a key part of the data center business that I've, I've been able to take these two different uh, industries and, and really marry them together. And, and it's, it's a fast-paced world when you deal with tech companies. There's always something new. There's always something changing. The, the world of AI and machine learning and deep learning and what we see coming down that path and the infrastructure requirements to support that, that's all just really interesting to me. And to be a part of helping to create the solutions for the companies that are going down that road is really fun. Yeah, well, it's an exciting time. I know it's exciting for Flexential. It's exciting for you know companies in Hillsborough and Portland. Um, and you know it will be fun to see how uh, the Flexential growth takes place over the next you know several years in that market. I look forward to whenever that 36 megawatt building is built and we get out of our uh, stay at home orders or shelter in place orders, I'll be excited to get to see it and, and uh, see how the growth takes place. But Bill, thank you so much for joining us on this Hawk Talk. If you want to learn more about Flexential, you can go to their website. It's flexential.com. Uh, Bill obviously handles everything on the, the West Coast, so he's a great contact there. Uh, as well. But Bill, thank you. And we wish you nothing but the best. Hey, thanks a lot, David. Appreciate you having us on and uh, hopefully we'll do it again sometime. You bet.